And there's an outline in the bulletin for the, the lesson today. The lesson is entitled, The Resurrection of Those Who Belong to Christ. It does come from 1 Corinthians 15. I want to read verses 20 through 28 and then just go straight through the outline, which is basically a summary of what's in the passage with just a few simple points to be added. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 28. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is expected who put all things in subjection, that he is accepted who put all things in subjection to him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself also will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him, so that God may be all in all. So last week we looked at the preceding uh, passage, and which was summarized by the first words of verse number 20. Now Christ has been raised from the dead. That's what we looked at last week, verses 1 through 19. Christ has been raised from the dead. We believe that. I I believe the historical evidence and there's so much rationale along with the very word of God and the prophecies that are here. Everything points to me to the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. And everybody has to deal with that and figure out whether or not you believe that to be true. I think the evidence points to the fact that it is true. And um, I guess when I call it a fact, it's pretty well assumed that you know I mean it's true. It's a fact. He was raised from the dead. And that resurrection proved that he was the Messiah. He was the fulfillment of, of the Old Testament scriptures that were pointing to one to come. Somebody who was going to come, the Messiah, the Chosen One, the one who was going to be the great and mighty King of the Jews to lead them uh, to freedom, to lead them to closeness and a relationship with God to restore what had been lost. And since he was raised... There is more to the story. So that was last week's lesson. He was raised. He was resurrected. He proved himself to be the Messiah. And since he was raised, then we know something else. That those who are in Christ will also be made alive. Those who believe in Jesus, those who follow him, we will also be resurrected just as Jesus was resurrected. Thus the title, 
the resurrection of those who belong to Christ. This is such, you know, it's, it's, very, it's such a Christian statement and something we hear so much. It can be taken for granted and you can just kind of hear those words and they seem almost lost in meaning until you experience a day like my family experienced yesterday at a funeral. And a person is gone and they are no more. But we learn from this lesson that those who are in Christ don't have to fear that sense of being gone because we're not gone. We're just asleep and we will be raised. It's a wonderful promise that is given to us and it is entirely, it's, it's our faith. This is our faith. Jesus came down here so that when I die, I can go to be with him forever. That's the essence of our faith. That's the essence of, a good, of the good news is even though things can be so difficult and terrible in this life, we've got Jesus. No matter how bad it gets, we have Jesus and someday he is going to come and take us home. We will be raised. All those who belong to Christ, all those who are in Christ, someday will go home to him forever. That's our hope. That's what gets us through. That's the thing that gives meaning and purpose to this life. I don't know how people do. And this, this is one that Georgia Deaton always says, oh, Eric, I don't know what people do without him. I don't know what they do without Jesus. How do they do it? Jesus is our everything and our all. So according to verse 20, there was a reference of first fruits, that Jesus was the first fruits. And so it's an interesting phrase, and kind of it's a weird phrase to us. We're not, most of us aren't farmers. But first fruits is just, it's an Old Testament term that refers to the earliest crops that were growing up in the fields. God is providing, the, the crops are producing, the fruit is coming. Whether it's the fruit of a tree, the fruit of grain, the fruit of anything that's growing, the first fruits were to be given to God. They were told, and you can even look in Exodus 23, verses 16 through 19. In, in verse 16, it's the first use of the word first fruits. And the, the Hebrew has just one word for what, whatever, I don't know what it is, but first fruits is a singular word. And so. They, would, they were instructed to take the first part that's growing up, the first fruit of the field or the tree or anything, you give, take the best and you give it to God. You bring it to the tabernacle, bring it to the temple is what they were instructed to do. They were to give it to God. It was a sacrifice. It was a grain offering. They were to give the best and bring it to God. And it's interesting is, is they gave the first and the best to God. They knew there was always going to be more to come. That was just the first fruit. They gave the best of the first fruit, and then the rest was going to be theirs. God was going to provide for them. More fruit always came after the first fruit. There was a second fruit, a third fruit. There was the fields would produce, the trees would produce. And the same is true for the resurrection of the dead. Jesus is the first fruit. And someday, those who are asleep, that's what the... People who are dead, that's how they're revert, referred to in this verse. They're asleep. Jesus told, told his disciples, he, he said, uh, Lazarus is asleep. Oh, well, he's asleep, he'll get better. No, he's, he's dead. <laughs> I 
I mean, he's dead. When, when somebody was asleep, they were, that was a reference to their death. So someday, just as Jesus was the first fruits, just as he was the first fruit to rise from the grave, someday all who are in Christ, all those who are asleep, will be raised. All who are asleep will be raised. And that I love that phrase, just asleep. You know, and you, you think about somebody who's passed on, you see a body, and, and it looks a little bit more than sleep, but basically it looks like they sleep. And someday they will be awakened. Someday they will be raised. They are not, it is not eternal. They will wake, awaken again to be with the Lord forever. So verses 21 through 22 continues to talk about this idea that death came through Adam. Death came through man in the garden. Death entered when man sinned. And that would have been any of us had we been in the garden. We would have all failed. We all have sinned. Death came through Adam. Sin entered the world. But the resurrection of the dead came through Jesus Christ. So, what does man bring into the world? Death. What does Jesus bring into the world? eternal life. He brings the resurrection. The resurrection of the dead comes through Jesus. It comes by Jesus. He's the one who brings us hope. He's the one who gives us life and meaning and purpose and an eternal home. In this last phrase of verse 22, 22 says, as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. It's a very similar thing. One Through one man comes death. Well, through another man, Jesus Christ, comes life. All will be made alive. So praise God for Jesus. This is the essence of what we believe. This is all that matters to us. This is why we remember Jesus. He died so that we can live. It's what this table means to us every day. We deserve eternal death. But instead, he took death for us and gives us life. Jesus is everything. There's no, this is, you know, big book, isn't it? And it all boils down to this. Jesus is everything. Jesus is the one who takes dead me spiritually and dead me physically. Someday I'm going to die unless he returns first. And he quickens us. He makes us alive. It's the essence of. Of everything we believe. It's all about Jesus. In verse 23. It says, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits. After that, those who are Christ at his coming. Or at his appearing. Alright, so verse 23. Christ is, he was the first to be raised. We remember him. We believe that he was raised. And those who are in Christ will be raised at his coming. See that word in there. Um, those who, at verse 23, I think the important word in there that you can almost just read over. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that, those who are Christ. 
So now if you wondered previously, it's, um, in, verse, in verse 20 it said the, the, fruit, the first fruits of those who are asleep. You know, in verse 22 it says all will be made alive. But the, but the phrase is in Christ all will be made alive. And in verse 23 it's that those who are Christ will be made alive. The resurrection of the dead to eternal life. It belongs to those who belong to Jesus. Christ was the first to be raised, and those who are Christ will be raised at his coming. So someday Christ is going to come. And there are other passages, and we're going to continue to let, well, what, what's this resurrection? What's it going to be like? How will it happen? Who will be raised? You're indicating those who are in Christ are going to be raised to uh, eternal life. Well, what about the others who are not in Christ? What happens? And that's another sermon in coming weeks. We'll get there. We'll talk about that a little next week and then a little bit more in a, in a couple weeks after that. But the point is that when Christ comes, He will come. He's promised He will come. And when He does come, those who are in Christ will be raised from the dead, rise to meet Him and be with Him forever. Verse 24 says, Then comes the end. Jesus returns. Then comes the end. When Christ comes, it continues, He will hand over the kingdom of God, those, which is those who belong to Him. The kingdom of God, that's Christ's church, His people. Christ will hand that kingdom over to the Father. It's all right there in verse number 24. When, then the end comes when He hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when He has abolished all rule and all authority and power. Christ, there's this sense where He's going to put all things in subjection. And you might get the, have the idea in mind he's going, to, he's going to put all things in subjection to Him and He is going to destroy everything. The end comes, the end of this world, the end of time. That is true. When Christ comes, then He gets the church, He gets His kingdom, and He's going to give that to His Father. So we'll be handed over to the Father. Uh, his kingdom, that is us. And so it's this, it's this wonderful picture in so many ways of we belong to Jesus and we're going to go home to Him. All of these promises that Jesus is going to come and take us back to Him, eternal life, we are going to be handed over to the Father. We're going to be given into the Father's hands, into His care forever. It's the essence of the Gospel. And we long for this. We look forward to the day that we get to go home to heaven. That's what this is referencing. And then verses 25 through 28. And in this passage, you get this subjection. He put all subject things into subjection to him and except for him who put him in subjection and subjection, subjection. I read it and I'm like my head starts spinning. Who's, who's the he's and him's? Who's subjecting who to him and what? And, and uh, in, my, in the outline here, I think I've, I've got it correctly. And um, uh, all the words that Jesus, or that, the, that Paul wrote, Jesus inspired him, the Holy Spirit inspired him. You know, all those words are written well. Uh, so hopefully I've got this right in the outline. 
My summary says, before the kingdom is handed over to the Father, everything must be put in subjection under the feet of Jesus. Everything but God the Father. That was the exception. There was an except in there. For God had put everything in subjection to Jesus, and now Jesus is going to return it to the one who gave him all things. The last enemy to be subjected to Christ is death. The enemies of Christ, the powers of this world, the things of this world that are hostile towards Christ, the last one that is going to be done away with, the last one that that will be abolished is death. Um, And that is right there in verse number 26. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. So when Christ returns, all things will be put in subjection to under the feet of Jesus. Jesus will be in control of everything. No more will Jesus let the devil um, or people have their way and be able to do what they want. They will be put in subjection to him. The last enemy will be death. Therefore, the final victory of Jesus is when the dead are raised. So notice, um, as you you look at verse number 26, the last enemy that will be abolished is, is death. And when you connect that with verse 23, which was just a little bit earlier up there, It said in there, those who are Christ at his coming. That's when they will be, we will be raised from the dead at his coming. When Jesus comes, the dead will be raised. And that is the victory over death that all things will be in subjection to him. And I make this this point because I I put a BTW, by the way, at the bottom here. Uh, there's going to be no future. There cannot be a future thousand-year reign of Christ. That Christ is going to come down, uh, ascend from the heavens on the clouds, and then come down here and establish a reign on this earth in Jerusalem in a temple that someday is going to be built. That cannot be. Because this verse makes plain this entire passage. You put it together. When Jesus ascends from the clouds... He is going to raise the dead. And that is the last enemy to be abolished. So when the enemy is abolished, when all the enemy, everything is put in subjection to him, then the kingdom is handed over to the Father. There's not, and that's the end. There is no kingdom down here on earth. The dead are raised. The kingdom, Jesus somehow in his way scoops us up and delivers us to the Father. There is no opportunity in there for a thousand year reign of Christ. He comes, the dead are raised, all things are in subjection. It's done. That is the end. And the church is delivered to heaven. So keep that in mind. This is, this is the truth. This is the gospel. If we believe that Jesus was raised, this is the simple truth for us. We will be raised too. He was the first fruits, and we will fall. Plain and simple, there will come a day. All of us might see death. We all might die physically. Likelihood is that. But I don't know. 
Jesus will return whenever the Father tells him. It might be that we're caught up in the clouds together with Jesus. We'll talk more about the, the end uh, in a later sermon. But right now we just know that no matter what, if we are in Christ, when we belong to him, someday Jesus will come and whether we are dead or alive, we will be handed over to the Father. Jesus will take us home. It's the essence of our faith. It is as simple as that. We believe that or we don't believe that. We grab onto that and we live for that or we just kind of say, I don't know. But our hope for all of us who partake of this Lord's Supper, we remember Jesus who died for us, Jesus who was raised, the first fruits, and someday we will be raised like him. So I encourage you today, make Jesus your king. Be a part of his kingdom, follow him, belong to him, and it is at his coming you will be raised with him. And to be in him, all of those who have been baptized into Christ, that's the language of scripture, is in Christ, baptized into Christ. If you have faith in him, you can be immersed into him. I encourage you to give your life, join his kingdom, just like on the day of Pentecost, the very beginning of the church, when Peter told him, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And on that day, 3,000 souls were added. 3,000 people heard the call to come to Jesus, give their life to him in baptism. And they were saved. Someday those souls will be raised when Jesus comes. I encourage you to be a part of this kingdom. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, if you want to be alive in him, be resurrected with him someday, I encourage you to come. If you need to respond, won't you please come as we stand together and sing.